I'm Robbie Burns. And I'm Craig McClellan. And this is semester two of the Class Nerd Podcast. Connecting teachers to the productive world of apps. Craig, how you been? I've been great. Um, As we're recording, I am finishing up my spring break, which some teachers may freak out that I've got spring break in March. I know you were a little confused by that as well. I'm a little confused, and also I'm enraged with jealousy. (laughs) It it was nice. My birthday was a couple days ago over spring break. Yeah, happy happy birthday. Thank you, sir. We took a trip to the beach, just the two of us, and left our kids with the grandparents and enjoyed a nice, relaxing spring break. So I'm feeling energized to take on the last quarter of the school year now. And I, on the other hand, had possibly the busiest week of the entire school year with an elementary school honor band rehearsal Monday and Wednesday night, a band assessment all night Tuesday, a band adjudication all night Thursday, and all of the planning that needs to happen in between. It's been a whirlwind. So, like I said, extremely jealous, but glad that you were refreshed. Awesome. Well, I'm, I'm glad you survived your week as well. Well, the concert, the elementary school band concert is tomorrow. Oh, so it's not even it's over not yet. not even awesome. over. Well, thanks for making time to record. The pleasure is mine. <laughs> All right. Well, what are we talking about today, Robbie? Today we're going to be talking about mind mapping. When we sent out a survey at the end of our first semester, we gave a list of topics and asked listeners to vote on things they wanted to hear about. This was a pretty popular submission. A lot of people wanted to hear more about how we're using mind mapping applications in the classroom. And so we're going to talk about what that is, some great apps on Mac and iOS for mind mapping, uh, and then just kind of go through our best workflows that we use mind mapping for every day in the classroom. Yeah. Are you much of a, a mind mapper, Robbie? I resonate deeply with the idea of mind mapping, but there are some frictions that I've run into with mind mapping software. I guess we'll get into that a little bit towards the end. Um, I find that visually, I really strongly relate to this class of software and the idea of mind mapping by sort of connecting different ideas together visually in a hierarchical sort of way. Um, I don't always do it because sometimes the tools, as we will discuss, are they require a level of technical precision with a finger or with a mouse and a keyboard that sort of disrupts the very purpose for me of mind mapping, which is to sort of free form, just brain dump ideas on a piece of paper visually really, really quickly. That, that makes sense. I have been a mind mapper for several years now, and we'll talk about the apps that I use, but um, I use it for everything from blog posts to lesson planning, all sorts of things that we'll, we'll get into here. So um, I'm excited to talk about this. Will you kind of, we've been talking about whether or not we're mind mappers and we haven't explained what mind mapping is. So could you do that for us, please? So to me, a mind map is a, I'm going to describe it visually because that's how I connect to this process the most. Um, it's, it's kind of like the idea of having an outline with a hierarchy of ideas and then ideas within those ideas. But it's a far less linear way of 
working with and presenting and seeing this stuff in front of you. Uh, the idea is that you have a central node or, or like a sort of a brain in the middle of a mind map. And this could be like the title of a project. This could be, um, I, I don't know, it could just be like, it could just be called brain dump. Like if you've just got a lot on your mind and you need to get it all out in front of you and start to get your head on straight, you can just say like brain dump and then the date. And then what you do with a mind map is you can, if you're thinking sort of in a classic sense with paper and pencil, you, you might draw a line out of that central little hub or node and then write another idea. Like for example, when I did my first podcast, I had a whole mind map of like, what am I, what am I doing? Like, what am I even doing? So I had podcast in the center of the mind map. And then I had one line that stuck out of it that said topic ideas and then a bunch of little nodes that stuck out of that one that had all the different topics I wanted to cover. And then I had another little line sticking out of it that said guest ideas and then a bunch of little sub lines coming out of that that said all the different people I wanted to include in my project. And then I had one called monetization with lots of ideas. And basically the idea is that you're just getting all of your ideas out on paper in a way where they're interconnected and also hierarchical in thought, but not necessarily in a way where you're interacting or thinking about them from one point down to another point. They sort of present themselves non-linear to you, so you can more easily draw connections from one line of thinking to a line of thinking that, you know, I can be thinking like, okay, well, I've got like show guest ideas, but then I've also got topic ideas, and those are two different areas of thought, but I can see how they are connected together because all of this information is presented to me like a giant master web. I think that's a great way of describing it. You know, I feel like sometimes I think that people are either outline people or mind map people. They're really similar, but there are just some differences that really depend on your personality. And so for me... I like that a mind map can be a little bit more freeform and not have to have necessarily an order to it because let's say I'm outlining an article I want to write for the class nerd or even a lesson plan. Um, I might not know the exact order that I want to do things in, but I have these different ideas off to the side. Um, and even like you were talking about with planning out a podcast, those aren't necessary those aren't necessarily linear things, monetization versus topic ideas. They kind of live in their own little worlds. And to me, when I'm looking at an outline, it's more like, it's got more of an order. And so it's harder for me to think that way because I want the ability to start with more freeform things and then build an order. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I think there are a lot of tools out there that are of the outlining variety that do let you interact in a nonlinear way. But I agree with you very much that when I actually get past the creation part of an outline, I'm usually following the outline in sequential order. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I might... Once I, if it is like an article that does need to eventually have an order, I might then rearrange some of, um, you know, spoiler alert, I use the app MindNode as my mind mapping app of choice and have for years. Um, and so MindNode calls the little branches and things of a mind map, it calls them nodes. 
Um, and so that's because that's pretty much the only way I have mind mapped is with my node in years. Um, I think of them as nodes. Is that, is that an um, official term that, or did my node, cause I was using that word interchangeably a few minutes ago with lines of a, you know, of a web, so to speak. You know, I don't know. Um, we'll just for now, now our audience will, uh, will know what we're talking about when we say node though. So whether it's my node specific or not, I think, I think that makes sense now, maybe. And if not yet at this point, I mean, we're going to include in the show notes to this episode, uh, at least one example of an outline, perhaps even the outline for this very show, which we did in MindNode this week. Yeah, we normally use Apple Notes, but we decided it might be fun to try collaborating with MindNode. So we will we will definitely link to that. Um, so getting back into what I was saying, um, I might then move because MindNode allows for flexibility. I might start with branches going every which way that just have different topic ideas. And then I might move them into a more linear view and change how they look. And even you can export as an outline um, from MindNode. So um, once I do need actual structure, then mind maps can do that as well. Whereas I feel like with an outline, you've got to start with structure and stay with structure. And so that's why my brain prefers mind mapping. Yeah, I'm there too. This is usually a first step stage of a planning any project of any sort for me. Um, I usually start in this place just because it's so effective to dump ideas out in any which way that you so please and then add that structure later. Yeah. Well, what are some apps that, that we can use to do this? We've, I feel like we've explained what it is fairly well. So, um, I mean, we've mentioned my node and we can um, talk about that more, but, um, also I'd be interested in any others that you know about. Yeah. Do you want to talk in any more detail about my node and then go from there? Or do you want to just list some options and how they differ? It's, it's almost difficult for me to, talk about some of the details of my node because I have been using it for so long. Um, it was one of the first like quote unquote productivity apps that I ever bought. Um, I remember, I don't even remember what it was for, but I remember back probably seven or eight years ago. Um, I Instagrammed a picture. I was getting ready to leave for a trip and I had my, a, a picture of my MacBook air out with mind note up and I was trying to show off that I was cool mind mapping something, um, which definitely should not surprise anybody if that the class nerd, um, people think that that that's something cool to be shown off. Um, <laughs> but so it, it's, it to me is brainstorming and like I, it has become really, um, it's, it's difficult for me to explain some of the features that I like about it because they're just kind of so ingrained that it would just be hard for me to pick another app, but I will do my best. That was a long way of saying that. Um, so first of all, as someone who is iOS only, um, my node does have great iOS and Mac support. Um, and it syncs via iCloud and uses iCloud drive and in general, and Robbie, you can speak to how it is on the Mac, but it's really strong iOS citizen. It always adopts new iOS 
features almost immediately. Um, so it, you know, it integrates really well with the files app with, um, it's got some series shortcuts to quickly open certain mind maps. Um, it, it plays really well and it's got great keyboard shortcut support, which, um, for me so that I'm not having to constantly reach up to the screen to create new things. If I'm typing on my smart keyboard folio or whatever Apple calls it. Um, so I can quickly, um, tap around and move to different nodes and add items to ones that I created earlier. Um, I can, um, keep extending on the one that I'm currently working on. Um, it has really great, um, support for themes and um, so you can create your own so that um, you can design it exactly how you want um, and it's really flexible and I will just say you know, we're going to talk about some just handwriting apps that you can do it in um, but an app specifically designed for mind mapping is great because you don't have to plan ahead how much space you need for things. So as I extend certain nodes, the whole canvas, if you will, I don't think my node uses that particular terminology, but I think you understand it. Um, it readjusts and makes space for new things that I add. Um, whereas when I'm having to hand draw a mind map, I might realize, oh, I need to add more detail on this point, but I don't have space for it because I didn't plan that to begin with. So that's why I really like a dedicated mind mapping software and um, MindNode does a really great job of it. And you can do something like grab with your finger one entire node that has like maybe eight sub nodes and just drag it to another place on the outline and it will smartly take all the other nodes and their sub nodes and just sort of shuffle them around magically until you drop what you're moving to where you want it. So it, again, yeah, there's this sort of a dynamic element to it that you can't get just drawing. Yeah, that's a great way of describing it. Is there anything else that you like about my node that I didn't cover there? I mean, it's got a decided kind of style and design to it. Uh, it starts with a little hub in the middle, and then you've got these colorful branches that you drag out, the nodes we've been calling them. And uh, I like that you can have some amount of control over what each level of the hierarchy looks like. For example, uh, maybe in my podcast example from, from, example from earlier, uh, where it says guests, you can add a little clip art uh, icon that maybe I'll have a picture of a person that appears right over top of the word guests. And then maybe where it says monetization, I'll have a little dollar sign picture there. And, you know, my node has a ton of little images you can drag in and associate with your nodes. You can also change the style of the nodes themselves. Are they just underlines with a word or words above them? Or are they in a box or in a little think bubble? Uh, and then you can even add tasks to certain nodes. And I, I do this a lot. I'll sometimes if I'm doing a project and I've got a couple of tasks that I think are going to help me get that project off the ground, you can add little checkable circles next to those nodes and treat them kind of, you can almost treat it like a task manager if you really wanted to. Yeah. And you can actually, I know things and I believe OmniFocus has support where you can export a mind node file to those apps and it will process them and make projects for you and things based on that. And it doesn't work out perfectly for the way I use things. So I don't use that export myself, but I will, um, 
do some project planning for sure, and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Yep. Uh, and one other thing I'll say, you can add notes, notes with a T, to nodes with a D that don't necessarily show up in your mind map, but if you tap or click on that, you can see that note. So you can you can actually do a lot of even research this way a little bit. Yeah, and if you want, there's a little outlining button you can press that'll slide in from the left side of the screen, something that is a more traditional linear outliner, kind of like an omni outliner, or like if you use an outlining feature in a word processor, which is kind of a nice option to see how things are unfolding both ways and uh, tap or click and drag the various different parts of your mind map into a different order. Yeah. Um, what are some other apps that we can use? So I don't have much to say about this one, but I do know that it is the most popular competitor to my node. It's called iThoughts. Uh, it has a Mac and an iOS version, and it's, it's very similar in that uh, conceptually it's starts with this sort of center hub. You drag nodes out from within that. Then you drag nodes out from within the nodes. It's all very fluid in the same way you can on the iOS version, just sort of like tap your finger to a node and drag to create a new line from that. Um, it's got similar graphical tools. You can do notes, you can do images. I'm pretty sure you can do checkable tasks. And it's got some templating and theming options. Uh, to me, I'm not qualified to speak too much in detail about how they differ. Uh, I will say that MindNode's design appeals to me a little bit more. It's a little bit more clean and a little bit more mo more modern, uh, and it allows my ideas to come to the forefront. So I've never really given iThoughts a ton of my attention. Yeah, same. I Like I said, I've been using MindNode for so many years, and I've been so happy with it that it's kind of like why pay to try something else out when I don't really know what I'm missing right now. Right. Um, I'll just mention briefly um, Linea Sketch, um, which we have mentioned in handwriting and, and other episodes, but um, it's such a great drawing app, and it's not one like a Procreate or something like that that you have to be an amazing artist. The tools are simple, but it's designed so well by the Icon Factory, um, who are just great UI and UX designers um, to make it easy for even someone like me who is a terrible artist to coherently get thoughts out onto a quote-unquote piece of paper with an Apple Pencil. Um, and so I have um, before when I was, and we'll talk about teaching students to get ideas out with mind maps, um, but I have instead of doing an app when I because my students aren't going to have access to MindNode, um, but I have drawn a mind map in Linea Sketch on and connected it to my projector so that students could see it and it, as a model. Yeah, I've done a similar kind of thing with the Paper app by Fifty Three. We talked about this a few episodes back, and this is an app that is starting to show a little bit of age, but I think that they got a couple of things right at launch. It was originally one of the, the first great drawing apps on the iPad, and some of the tools have a really, really intuitive feel to them. Like It's almost as if when I interact with these drawing and painting and cutting and pasting tools, I feel like the software is almost anticipating what I'm going to do 
And some of these tools make it really easy to draw shapes, draw pictures. Um, there's one I really like where you, it's like a paint fill tool, but you actually just draw a shape and then it magically, as you draw the shape, fills in the outline of the shape you're drawing with paint. It's kind of hard to explain, but if I like draw a triangle, then what I get is a triangle shape filled in with whatever color I have selected. And uh, yeah, I just like to draw with this. I like, I like to zoom into the center, create a little center circle and write, hand write my main idea and then draw lines out from that idea that go to other places. And I like to zoom in really, really, really close and get really detailed. And I almost, you know, like, um, oh, what's the, what's the web-based uh, presenting tool? Prezi. Prezi is what I'm thinking of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I almost like to make these outlines that I can sort of like look at from afar and get a big picture, but then I can get in really close to certain parts of it and add illustrations and drawings and, uh, you know, mixed, use mixed media, like maybe bring, you can bring in a picture or use a text tool in a more recent version of paper. Uh, so it's, again, it's one of those apps that's great to me because of the way it feels, even though it's aged a little bit, some of those, the feelings of some of those tools have just remained really solid from the start. Yeah. Um, I'm going to briefly mention concepts. I haven't used this app before, but it's starting to become really popular in the Apple blogger community. I've seen some write-ups on Mac stories and um, other places recently, but it's essentially, it's similar to Linea and paper in that it's a drawing app, but it has an infinite canvas instead of like Linea. And I, I believe paper, I haven't used that in so long. Um, but they try and approximate the, the amount of drawing space you have is about the size of a piece of paper. And if you need more space than that, you have to go to a new canvas. Um, whereas with concepts, as your brainstorming or your mind mapping grows, you've got room, an infinite amount of space that you can put that into. And so I think that's a really interesting app model for something like mind mapping. Something that paper does also, and I'm wondering if concepts does this too, is one of its smart drawing tools is a smart shape tool. And since, you know, drawing little circles and squares and think bubble shape objects can really make a mind map come to life. Uh, I like just being able to draw that with a pencil rather than selecting it as an option in a menu somewhere. So in paper, I'm often just drawing a square and then it snaps my chicken scratch into what looks like an actual rectangle with four even sides. Um, does concepts have anything like this? You know, I don't know. I know Linea Sketch does. Um, that was added in a recent update in the last month or two, but I am not familiar enough with concepts to tell you that. Yeah, sometimes the the model of like having a, a node with an endpoint and then like finding that endpoint and then dragging a new node out from that endpoint, like it can get a little tappy and clicky in a way where just freeform drawing has always felt more natural to me. Of course, then you, with things like Linnea paper and concepts, you run into these limitations of, okay, well, this is not a dynamic piece of paper that's gonna, like if I drag one node from one place to another, it's gonna, know, it's gonna smartly know what to do with the rest, like iThoughts or MindNode will. Right. Or if you realize, oh, this point that I'm making goes better with these that I have in another node, um, with my node, I can 
tap and drag it away from the node it's currently in and move it to another one and everything just shifts around and it's fine. Whereas that's a much bigger deal if you're actually drawing stuff out. Right. So the next couple things I want to talk about are three apps by the Omni Group. And they all relate in one way or another to this topic. We already talked about Omni Outliner. This is a tool that functions very similarly to the outlining feature of a word processor. Uh, only the user interface, particularly the keyboard shortcut support and the theming options, give you a lot of control over what your outline looks like. Uh, we've talked about Omni Outliner before. I use it for lesson planning, but as you mentioned already earlier in this episode, it's a tool that once I've made something in my node and I'm ready to commit that to something that I want to look at more in a, like a linear fashion, I'll just export the file right from my node into Omni Outliner. And then I'll make it look really pretty. I do this a lot with my presentations when I present at music conferences. I'll start with a new topic idea and it'll just be this huge scattered mess of different nodes all over the place with different ideas. And then as soon as I start to sharpen those ideas and become more specific about what areas I want to cover, then I import that into Omni Outliner where I can more easily get a sense of what's the order at which I'm going to present those different subtopics to an audience. The same is true of OmniFocus. You already mentioned this too. Uh, it has support for exporting a mind map from MindNode. So if I'm in MindNode and I have a bunch of different nodes and some of them are kind of like sub-steps of a project, then what I can do is I can take just the nodes that are project or task oriented and I can export those into OmniFocus where it will maintain the hierarchy of those different nodes. So like if I've got a, a big project, like if I'm planning uh, a lesson, for example, and um, one of my nodes is like, oh, here's stuff I need to, you know, materials that I need before I execute this lesson. Then, and then that's one node. And then there's a bunch of sub nodes that are like, you know, pencils, glue, whatever, you know, tuba, whatever, depending on your subject area. I might be able to just take that whole node and export that into OmniFocus as like a, maybe a list of things I need to gather together before planning that lesson. And then lastly, OmniGraffle, which actually is, I think, the most directly relevant to this topic because OmniGraffle is itself an excellent outlining tool. OmniGraffle is, uh, you know, to me, it started out as a replacement for Adobe Illustrator uh, in that it is a great tool for making maps, charts, and really just any kind of graphic using vector art. And one of its well, a few of its many features involve really, really easily creating shapes that have text glued to them. Uh, and what I mean by this is, uh, you know, in I know a lot of people make graphics in things like pages or in Keynote. They take shape tools and they take text boxes and then they group them together and then send one to the back or one to the foreground. OmniGraffle is built with designing documents in mind. So it takes a lot of those fussy steps out of the equation and understands that you want visual shapes and cues and lines to have a context within one another. So if I create a shape and start entering text into that shape, OmniGraph will really easily just knows, hey, this is like if I'm making a seating chart and I start typing into a square, like that 
text belongs to that square. If I move that square, that text goes with it. Um, if I make a line from one square to another and I move one square, that line just dynamically follows where that other square is going. So it's really great for making flowcharts, mind maps. Uh, it's got some great shape tools that work really well with the Apple Pencil. So similar to things like paper, I can draw a square and it'll make a square that looks really neat. I can draw a triangle and it'll make a triangle that's really neat. Um, because of the complexity that OmniGraffle offers, it, its feature list is sometimes a little bit in my way. Uh, like I said earlier, I really love the simplicity of just taking a pencil to a piece of paper. So I don't find myself using OmniGraffle as a starting step. But if I'm going to make a mind map that's going to be presented to someone else, then often I will use it as a final tool for making a mind map look, re look really pretty. Cool. Well, um, I've got one more app, um, and I have mentioned this app before in our research episode, but um, Margin Note 3, um, if you think in mind maps the way that I do, if you're trying to organize research into a mind map, then margin note is a great option. Um, you can literally like have a PDF of material and article that you're reading or things like that um, in there. And as you highlight things, it will automatically start to build a mind map for you. And you do need to do a little dragging to create the right hierarchy. Um, but then you can go back and have all that reference material that you thought was most important as a mind map. So um, it's a very specific mind mapping use case. Um, and I believe that you can export. I've never needed to, but I think you can then export the mind maps from margin note into mind note or I thoughts, um, which is really cool. So it, it's a very specific use for a mind map and that it's just really research based, but it does make a mind map and I, it's helpful for me. Yeah, that app seems really stellar. Uh, just seems like there's a pretty steep learning curve. Yes, it did take me a little while to to get my head wrapped around it, but it's been worth it for me. That's awesome. All right, well, we're going to get into... We've shared some apps that you can use to mind map, and hopefully that's given you some something that you can start researching on the App Store and, and places to go, and we'll have links to all those in the show notes. But once you have those apps, now we want to share with you some things that you can do, whether it's in your classroom or just in your everyday life. Um, so I'm going to start with that. And uh, the first one I've got is just as a brain dump. So if I'm trying to just get ideas out of my head, regardless of what they are, it could be a packing list. Um, it could be, um, you know, I'm, I'm going, I've been going through um, my, um, my mind node and um, I've got, just once I had an idea for an article, like trying to get out anytime I come up with something I want to add or, or a detail for that, I could be walking around um, somewhere and pull out my note on my iPhone and um, write that down. Um, so it could be um, if I'm trying to come up with a structure for um, how I want to organize tags in keep it or in bear or something, or, you know, Robbie, if you do that in Evernote, but when I'm trying to come up with 
here are the tags I need. Here's the organization structure I need. I actually have done that in MindNode. So it's just a great place just to get ideas out of your head and then figure out what to do with them. Um, I've also used it for presenting content to students. So um, I am not artistically inclined and I'm not an elementary school teacher that has cutesy anchor charts hanging around his room. Um, you would not see my classroom on Pinterest, but um, if I do have information that I want kids to be able to look at or reference, um, I actually will make a mind map out of it. I'll try and include a link in the show notes to, uh, we were talking about the levels and the branches of government um, back last year when I was teaching second grade and had social studies, and I actually made a mind map about um, different parts of the branches of government and would leave that up on the projector while we were doing work with it. Um, so I actually use it to present content to students. And another one that I use a lot is for unit planning. So I will get, um, this, this was especially handy last year when I taught language arts as, um, instead of this year where I'm just math and science because our scope and sequence from the district for language arts was just here's a nine weeks, here are all the standards you need to cover, good luck. And there wasn't any like, you might want to spend this much time on this or do this one this week, um, which is fine because, you know, we're comp competent teachers, but it just takes more planning than if you're spelled out now with my math scope and sequence. It's like, for this many days, do these three standards. And so I, I do this less, but this was really handy for my second grade team last year. Um, I would lay out all the standards and I would have it broken down by um, here are the writing standards we have to cover. Here are the language standards. Here's the reading informational text. Here's the um, reading um, fiction text um, standards. And then on another section I would have uh, different weeks. And then each week was broken out into different days. And I could kind of see, all right, I can fit this language standard goes with this writing standard which also ties in with this reading informational text standard, and I would move them all over to a certain week. And then if I needed to go more granular, I could even plan down to the day um, because I had them after, like I'd say, you know, everything's broken into nine-week quarters, so I'd say like week one, and then I'd have it broken out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and here are the specific things I'm doing. Um, and you don't have to be that granular, but it was really helpful, and I would project it up, and my whole team would sit there, and we would all look at the mind map and go, okay, this makes sense together. Let's all do this. And then, you know, I would either move it to an Omni Outliner file or just even send a PDF of the mind map to everybody so they had it. Um, and it was just a really good visual collaborative way to lay out nine weeks worth of planning. And we did it in a single day together. Um when we had this visual tool. So those are, those are three uses of mind mapping that I've really found helpful. This would have been so useful had I thought to put it in action when I was doing curriculum writing over the summer, because we were tasked a, a group of teachers to write a brand new general music curriculum for the first ever in our, in our district year long seventh and eighth grade general music class. And we were of course, you know, required to, put all of this curriculum in Canvas, which my Canvas woes are detailed in an earlier episode this semester. But there's a point in the meeting where like I'm at a whiteboard and I'm trying to like rally the troops and like get our head around, okay, like Canvas has so many organizing structures in it. Like there's units, 
there's modules, there's lessons, there's assignments, there's groups, there's student lists. Like, which one of all of these is what to us? And how do we, because I'm like writing guitar curriculum with someone while someone else is writing piano curriculum. And I'm like, we have to organize this the same way because if a teacher goes to this resource and can't find their way around, they're never coming back. So we're like at the whiteboard and it gets to a point where like, there's just line, it's basically a mind map, <laughs> but there's just like mm-hmm. crazy white lines going everywhere. And uh, it's one of my favorite stories to tell only because at one point we were really running towards the end of a very, very long day. And one of the other teachers says, Robbie, you gotta get over this. We just need to crunch crunch the text and i'm like it has to be right and at one point she stands up she says robbie we're getting paid sit down (laughs) i I said all right fair enough but a mind map mind map would have really really helped because that was just a whirlwind of a hot mess to try to decipher all right unit planning wow well uh another way you can use this or at least that i've been using it in the musical end of things is for repertoire planning and repertoire planning is something that takes up a lot of time for a music teacher. You got to think about what is the music that is going to best help you to teach your students? Like, how is it going to help you to meet your goals for what you want your students to be able to understand, know, and do musically? And this takes a lot of time and there's a lot of trial and error. But one of the best things you can start with is just having a, a lot of options to pull from. And I used to just create lists. For this, but then I realized that you know, music that I'm thinking about is different than music that I'm thinking about for serving different purposes, which is different than which group is going to play which piece of music on which concert. So having a central hub that just says repertoire, and then having maybe one node that comes from that that says, you know, uh, new repertoire to try, and then having a bunch of names of titles of music stemming from that that I've heard about recently. And then maybe having another node that says, like, here's concert band, stuff that the concert band maybe can handle this year, and then having a couple of options there. Here's stuff that the symphonic band can play, having some options there. And then maybe having another node that says, hey, what could a fall concert program look like? And then sort of dragging and dropping nodes from one area of the map to another, and slowly kind of piecing this all together in a way that makes sense. Uh, This has been a a pretty useful thing for me. Again, using a list, the list was just getting so long and I was getting lost in the list because, you know, if if I performed something, I would highlight it bold and then I would, or I would like highlight it and, you know, cut it from one place and then paste it into another. Whereas having the whole canvas laid out in front of you makes this process a lot easier. The next one on our outline is visualizing and illustrating concepts. I don't think this is that different from what you said you're creating from uh, what you're creating to use on the walls of your classroom. What I meant when I put this in the outline was just simply like, Hey, if there are things that I can communicate in a way that's a little bit more graphically engaging for a student, I might put that on a mind map rather than on a document. That's just plain text. Um, Something that is really useful. uh, A couple of mind maps that I've been working with lately that I'm planning on eventually hanging on our wall is uh, one that breaks down the different categories that we're, judged and assessed on when we go to our annual adjudication and assessment. This is actually what I was doing on Tuesday and Thursday of this past week was taking my ensemble to an event where all schools in our district perform for three judges and get feedback on how to improve their performance. 
Uh, and the sheet that they use to adjudicate is broken down into seven categories. And each of those categories is broken down into subcategories. And this is, to me, one of the really fun and exciting parts of being a music teacher is teaching students how to like break apart and understand artistic process and how their strengths compare to where their weaknesses are. And this involves a really, really careful way of portraying and affirming and reaffirming different parts of musical vocabulary. So I try to have the language of this adjudication sheet just all over the place and in my students' face so that they're constantly thinking, like, what is a good sound? Like, what is tone quality? What, what is, why is tone quality different from technique versus different from rhythm? Uh, so I've been working on a, a chart that illustrates that idea. Another one I'm working with is, like, what's the difference between craft and art? How does our craft influence our art? How does our art influence our craft? And what are the things that make a musician a musician? Like, how do you, how do you conceptualize, like, okay, practicing scales, that's craft. Um, making a musical statement, like that's art, and sort of breaking that down. So these are just two graphical things I'm making that I at some point plan on hanging in my room that I think will make those concepts more engaging. I guess the last one on here is me too. Trip planning. <laughs> um, yeah, so again, this past week, I went on two field trips. And one of them I was responsible for planning because the one on Tuesday was the other band director and we both jointly took her two groups but the one on Thursday was the two groups that I direct. And it's just a lot that goes into planning a field trip. Uh, you got to think about buses and bus lists. You got to think about getting chaperones. You got to think, I did, uh, I got 30 Costco pizzas for my kids to eat before we left because they weren't going to have time to eat at the events. Because when you take two groups and the music office plans your bus pickup and delivery date, you know, you got to like work with that. So, uh, you know, all that stuff. Um, you know, the, a list of things that I need to bring, uh, a list of miscellaneous tasks that I need to take care of. Um, you know, just, just a ton of stuff needs to sort of start for me with a brain dump before it can later be turned into projects and tasks. So that was uh, something I use or have used before to plan field trips. And it's really useful. You know, you, you unfortunately, there's no way to to directly hit an import button and do this. But my team has been using Trello this year to share collaborative projects. And some of the things from these mind maps end up as lists with cards in them in Trello, where we can all sort of jointly look into the same view and check off each other's tasks and just sort of generally be aware of how all those things fit together. But it all starts with a mind map. That sounds like a, I need to start using it for uh for field trip planning. That's awesome. Um, so the last thing in our outline says Robbie's dream mind mapper. So I'm, uh, I'm pretty excited to, uh, to hear about this, Robbie. So go for it. Take it away. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's features from a couple of our apps we talked about today that if they could somehow be combined into, I don't want to say like a mega app. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, OmniGraffle is already a little too complex for me. But if some of the smart organizational features of something like MindNode could be connected with some of the more natural drawing capabilities of something like Linear or Paper, I think that I would do a lot more mind mapping. And the reason is this. I mean, you know, when I'm in a crunch for time and I just want to get some ideas out, I just really want to take a pen to paper. And I might ultimately want 
the same graphical result that a drawing or a mind node could provide me. But I want the ease of getting that information out and I want the power of then being able to make it look pretty and clean and interactive, like MindNode. So I guess what I'm saying is like, it would be cool if, and maybe this app exists, maybe someone listening can point us in this direction, but I would love to be able to have an app like MindNode where instead of precisely tapping or clicking on a little plus button to create a new node, where I could just draw a line out of my central area and then have the app know that that's a line or a node. And then I could like maybe do a text box or maybe I could just handwrite over top of that line and have it kind of smartly decipher that text and understand that it's linked to that line. Maybe I could draw a box and use a smart shape tool to just have it know, hey, you just drew a box really close to this line. I bet you want to make a new node right here. And so, I don't know, kind of like a combination of like the graphical presentation of OmniGraphle, but with the fluidity of a drawing app, but ultimately the power and flexibility of something like MindNode. I don't know. I, it seems like a lot, like I'm asking for a lot of different complex technologies to coexist, but I feel like they could. Like, I feel like this is a feasible app to exist. Yeah, I don't feel like that. that's too far off from where we are now. So if anyone knows of something that does that, I think I would do a ton more mind mapping because as it is, MindNode is still a very specialized tool for me that comes out in times where I, you know, I know that I'm thinking about a project far, far in advance and have ample time to really sit down and do those preliminary steps. I mean, this school year has been, as I've said numerous times on the show, I've been kind of like building the airplane in the sky. Uh, you know, there's a handful of areas where my map would have been useful had I been a little bit more uh, on top of some of the some of these tasks this year. Yeah. Well, Robbie, we have one episode left this semester. So one um, episode hope... left <laughs> every week. Oh man. Um. Uh, so hopefully our listeners aren't getting like senioritis or anything. Um. They're uh, they're not getting too. Uh, too ready to be rid of us but uh i'm excited we're going to next week uh revisit lesson planning from from our first semester and kind of share how things have changed for us and um so i think it's gonna be a good way to end the semester yeah it's gonna be good we've had a lot of questions since that episode about you know are we still using the same apps uh are the same workflows have there been any new software advancements in the time since. This was a really popular topic last semester, so I think it's going to be cool to revisit it and see how things have changed. For sure. Awesome. Well, Robbie, good luck with your uh, Honor Band concert tomorrow. Yes, and I'm hoping you're feeling refreshed. Happy birthday. Thank you. And listeners, until next time, stay classy. And stay nerdy. Stay nerdy.